This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, I'm Hanif Baharudin and this is Gigi Well Played, the show that talks about all things video games. There's only one thing I'm going to react to this week and that is the surprising news of Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion last week. What does this mean for all the stakeholders involved and the industry? But before that, here's a recap of that news and others with Daryl Ong and Dashren Johan. Alright, we're going to be starting today's news coverage with the biggest news that happened last week. Microsoft has purchased the beleaguered studio Activision Blizzard for a whopping 68.7 billion US dollars. Yep, you heard that right, close to 69 billion dollars. This means that franchises such as Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Diablo, Overwatch and Tony Hawk Pro Skater will be owned by Microsoft pending the finalization of the deal. Right, and despite the announcement that was made last week, the deal would only be closed reportedly towards the end of Microsoft's fiscal year at the end of June 2023. Until then, Activision Blizzard would continue to run as an independent company and once the deal is closed, they would then report directly to the CEO of Microsoft Gaming, which is Phil Spencer. Yeah, so naturally, in making the announcement, Phil Spencer said that they would try to include as many games as they can from the Activision Blizzard catalogue to their subscription-based service, which is the Activision. Xbox Game Pass. And just like when they acquired Bethesda two years ago, there was also questions whether some games, if not all, will be made exclusive to the Microsoft platform. In a tweet, Phil Spencer said, and I quote, had good calls this week with leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent to honour all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship. Right, so take that as a sign that yes, your Call of Duty games might still be on PlayStation for the time being, but do take note of the existing agreements part of his tweet. A big news indeed for Microsoft and one that will make them the third biggest gaming business by revenue after Tencent and Sony when they complete this deal next year. Crazy. Just for comparison, they paid close to 7.5 billion US dollars for Zenimax Media in 2020 and that was already considered groundbreaking. Take-Two then recently acquired mobile game Zynga for about 12.7 billion dollars which was then the biggest gaming acquisition in history. But of course, that has now been eclipsed easily by this deal for for 68.7 US dollars. We have more on this later when Hanif speaks to John Liu, content director at Kakachopure, so do stay tuned. Moving on, things are not getting easier for the folks behind Battlefield 2042. After a very spotty launch, they now have to remove a fan-made zombies mode due to XP farming exploitation. Mm. The senior design director, Justin Wabey, said that they plan to fix it in the future and keep it in alignment with the standard game progression. The mode is now being replaced with something called Gun Game. Interesting, there's no firm confirmation as to when this community-made survival mode will come back and YB has said that while that mode has potential, it'll need to be fixed for a bit. <clears throat> that will be to the pile of other things that they have to fix as well, considering how troubled the game is since it was first launched. Mm. From one shooter, we move to another and this time it's a franchise that's seeing a revival, Halo Infinite. 
it was reported recently that some players have lost their XP during server outages and now it's reported that they might not be able to have their rewards restored. This came after a player asked a customer support representative about the issue and was given this answer. The player then shared the response to the game's subreddit community. Now, this is a contentious issue as the way the XP is counted is a bit different. Rather than counting the time spent in-game, the XP boosts take place in real-time regardless of whether or not the player is actively online and playing. This means that they are penalised even during server downtime. Well, that's a bummer, but hopefully that won't deter you from the game. In fact, that might be the reason why the system is designed as such, actually. Alright, lastly, a bit of rumours for those who of you who are waiting for the highly anticipated Elder Scrolls 6, which was supposed to be making its presence this year, you might have to manage your expectation again. According to a now suspiciously deleted LinkedIn profile, the game is apparently still in pre-production. Based on that LinkedIn profile from the new employer who recently joined Bachida, it says, and I quote, Bachida Game Studio sets the benchmark for open-world gaming and is currently in full production on Starfield, its first new universe in 25 years, and pre-production on the highly anticipated The Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah, so that profile has now been deleted, and while we should take these things just as rumours, perhaps it's also good to manage our expectations as well in regards to The Elder Scrolls 6. Let's just wait and see. Right, Darren Dashran on the news. Back to you, Hanif. Thank you very much, Daryl and Dashran. There's only one big story that we need to talk about this week, and that is Microsoft acquiring the much maligned Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion. As reported earlier, the deal was announced last week and will not be finalised until mid-next year, but suffice to say, we can already feel the reverberations throughout the industry. Joining me to unpack the news is Jonathan Leo, Content Director at Kakuchopore.com. It is very surprising, this uh, Xbox buying Activision Blizzard. Very, very surprising. I believe the sum itself is about US $69 billion. Was it $6.9 billion? But it's a very big number. Um, funny because I think when they bought Bethesda, it was just around what, $7 billion, $7.4 billion if I'm not mistaken, right? So now it's like... And then you can perhaps see the difference in value between these two companies. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the last time we spoke about it, we tried to project and think about how, you know, perhaps Microsoft is going to go on this quote-unquote buying spree, right? But for them to actually yeah, acquire Activision Blizzard is pretty like, wow, mind-boggling, right, to say the least, right? It is, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'm not sure if the Malaysians and Philippines, I mean, Southeast Asia would actually take to this news because at the same time, we got to remember Microsoft and Xbox hasn't, they don't officially have like regional prices for their consoles here and there. So I was kind of hoping with this buyout, they could actually spend a pittance of that huge amount to have regional distribution and pricing for Xbox consoles and games in other Southeast Asian territories like Malaysia and the Philippines. I mean, it's already 2022. They can do this at the very least, especially with people who actually have Xbox Game Passes here. I'm just saying, okay, now I'm done with my rant. Back to the topic. So yes, it's a very shocking piece of news. That's a lot of money. But at the same time, it's also a bit dangerous in the long term because, I mean, we are very familiar with the concept of monopoly, right? And to have a big company like Microsoft buying another big company for their games and products with potentially having them being exclusive just for their consoles that they're making, this sounds like this could be something that could possibly be dangerous because you're having this much power consolidated onto yourself means you can stifle competition and creativity. In this sense itself, Microsoft is playing a much different... They're playing on a much different field compared to what Sony, PlayStation, Nintendo are doing right now. 
And yeah, I mean, I will not be surprised if down a few months or so, if Microsoft oversteps your boundaries following this, they will have antitrust lawsuits popping up their doorstep anytime soon. Again, if they push the agenda further. Lah, but for now, it's pretty good news per se because it means Microsoft and Xbox now have the task of cleaning up what's going on with Activision Blizzard, diverting the resources to make sure the games that Blizzard has, like Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4, get produced with the same care that Xbox has done with Halo Infinite and Age of Empire 4 and the other titles. And also, this means like, even Phil Spencer did mention himself that he wants to see some old dormant Activision games popping up. So, off the top of my head, I believe Activision owns Hexen, Heretic. They own King's Quest, Space Quest, and SWAT. No One Lives Forever, Star Control, and Crash Bandicoot. And of course, we have StarCraft Ghost, which is a game that was in development hell and was cancelled. So, for all you know, these games could probably pop back up or get remade by Xbox and Microsoft. Probably still available for like multi-platform consoles, but at the same time, yeah, you spend a lot of money you gotta at least keep some of these things exclusive, right? So, I guess that, that's the natural question that uh, we're gonna ask, right? I think based based on what I've been reading, it seems that you know obviously they're gonna honor quote unquote the existing deals, meaning yes, I guess definitely. whatever games that are currently in development will probably be multi platform titles, but in the future, yeah, and it's the same conversation that we had when we acquired Bethesda, right? Do you see them, I guess, releasing this game to other consoles? For my prediction, yes and no. Microsoft are very smart definitely they've been around the business for very long so they have made good sound business decisions and the best way to have your game making a lot of money is to have it on many 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 platforms that can support it so call of duty being just xbox and pc might not be a good idea i mean at least have like all the other markets out there especially for playstation because again we have a lot of people in southeast asia playing on playstation consoles right so in order to have that game do well, a brand like Call of Duty doing well, they gotta target all the different multi-platform consoles out there anyway because more reach better, right? Now, having said that, like I mentioned earlier, having one or two key titles, just PC and Xbox exclusive, still a good idea, especially if it's like a new brand and if it makes sense in the PC and the Xbox market, depending on the region itself. Let's just say like 90% of the world likes this title and 90% of the world are playing games on the PC, then having on the PC Game Pass exclusively. So that's a good decision right there because it's 90% of that share market share, right? So it's more of like a case-by-case basis than anything. So in other words, Call of Duty fans shouldn't be worried about not playing future Call of Duty games on the PlayStation because, again, Microsoft and Activision love money. And like I said, to actually have the most money available, they get to have it on the most platforms, right? So there you go. And of course, some key titles will still be exclusive. Uh, it's just a matter of what titles, right? Hmm. So, um, as much I mean, they've they've been saying that you know this is one of their ways to actually bolster their Game Pass library, but at the same time, they also want to win that console war, right? <laughs> Let's not kid ourselves. No, definitely, definitely. I mean, at the same time, buying a company means just having the games just exclusively on the console itself. I mean, even though Phil Spencer did mention on Twitter that yes, all future Call of Duty games will still be multi-platform for now. But again, this is the for now bit lah, where they can change their mind halfway through because they own Activision Blizzard, right? So anything is up in the air. For my personal, um, my personal uh, take on this, 
Overwatch 2 will definitely be exclusive for PC and Xbox. Diablo 4 will definitely be on PC and Xbox exclusive. Because, no, no, I, 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 I'm telling you the truth right now. I mean, they paid a lot for this. So, because every player I know worth their salt have played Overwatch, the first Overwatch and Diablo 3 on the PC. Yes, these games have been out on consoles, but the majority of people who play these two games are gonna are on PC, 100%. I mean, yes, there's going to be some cross-play thing going on here and there in the future, and I'm very sure Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 will be out on PlayStation in maybe a year later, or maybe six months later or seven months later. We'll see. But that's my prediction. These two games, 100% going to be Xbox and PC exclusive. Wow. Okay, that's a big call. Yeah, I mean, if, if but it's it's, it's going to be limited exclusive, not not going to be like a full like, on exclusive, right? Not a full on exclusive because again, like I mentioned before, Activision, Xbox kind of needs more people playing their games, obviously. So big market share. But at the same time, both Overwatch and the Diablo brands have always been PC centric since day one already. I mean, the numbers don't lie. So to have these exclusively on the PC and Xbox is a given already. Mm, all right. There's also this whole talk about the metaverse. So, and you know, apparently, um, this is also a step towards preparing them for for, for that eventuality. Um, do you think that that's also a very like, like a very long term move on on Microsoft's end to just consolidate everything for now? Oh yes, yes. It's a very good long term move because a metaverse is something that Fortnite has already established. Epic Games already established with like having different characters from different IPs like. Kratos from God of War or Jill from Resident Evil popping up in Fortnite. Xbox can do this because let's just say um, in the future, I'm not talking about like six months from now. I'm talking like maybe two years from now. Halo Infinite will probably have like a Diablo skin or an Overwatch skin popping up on the Master Chief, uh, the Spartan armor customization in the very, very far future. That's going to happen. That's basically your metaverse thing happening right now. And it won't stop there. Like maybe you have like um, the Banish, the Covenant race. Let's just say because, you know, you can also play as a Covenant as well in Halo. So maybe they'll have a game mode where basically it's basically Spartans versus the Covenant elites. Maybe the elites will have like different skins of like Diablo influence or like Overwatch influence skins popping up in the future. And that's just the tip of the iceberg right there. Like all these franchises and everything will be going onto one another like as a... DLC or as like a extra character in that particular metaverse that Xbox is forming because they own it already basically that was Jonathan Leo from Kakuchopore.com responding to Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard for close to $69 billion we're going to make way for some messages more after this stay tuned this is GG Well Played on BFM 89.9 BFM 89.9, you're listening to GG Well Played. I'm your host, Hanif Baharudin. Joining me this week is Jonathan Leo, content director at kakuchopore.com and we've been responding to the biggest news of the week, Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard for close to $69 billion. We're going to continue the conversation by looking at the timing of the acquisition, especially when you take it to factor the kind of mess Activision Blizzard is currently in at the moment. Let's, 
let's talk about the timing of the acquisition. Um, do you think that this is the right time for them to acquire Activision Blizzard, considering the situation at Activision Blizzard um, at the moment? Um, it would be a good time right now because Microsoft is at, at a pretty good place compared to what they were back in the 10 years or 5 years prior when the Xbox One was floundering, basically. Like a fish out of water, like dead on arrival. So yeah, they're in a good place to actually do this acquisition. The question is what they're going to do after. That's a big question right there. Like, again, the monopoly thing and the antitrust law thing happening later on, that could happen as well. But for now, with the money they actually have on hand with just Microsoft alone with their apps and their office work and whatnot, I mean, they could have done this probably last year, but I think this year right now would be as good as any to drop this bombshell of the news right now and also making it work until the dotted line is signed the end of the year, right? If I recall there, it's only official like at the end, at the beginning of 2023, right? Mm. Yeah, from from a business standpoint, I can't help but think that it makes sense right now to you know to buy Activision Blizzard considering the circumstances it that's does, happening at the does, yeah. at the company. But at the same time, it's it's also kind of bad because of the mess that they that's happening there, right? So they're gonna inherently be inheriting all the mess there, right? Yeah, it is Xbox's problem right now. It is their they are accountable for Activision Blizzard's mess right now for owning this. But stranger things have happened. If, I mean, I'm looking at the bright side here. If they can clean up whatever's going on inside Activision Blizzard, you know, like, obviously getting rid of Bobby Kotick after the deal has been signed, as well as the higher-ups who are there, because at the end of the day, they don't actually contribute much compared to the people who are developing the games and the directors and the producers who are spearheading the their respective projects. Then that is worthy. Then it's basically a good notch on Microsoft's belt. I mean, they will look like the good guys in the end, in the short term. Like, I'm talking about like maybe in this entire year is basically like the point, the point where Microsoft needs to do what they can within their power to clean up Activision Blizzard and coming off as the good guys in the end. Mm. How fast should that process be? Considering that I think, you know, with the acquisition, perhaps, you know, the way we look at Activision Blizzard might be slightly different now, right? You know, will the scrutiny be as strong compared to, you know, previously when they were still like, like an independent company? Knowing how Microsoft works, yes, the scrutiny will be very strong. And Microsoft, who have made good decisions at the very least for the, for the most of the part, um, they, they will definitely scrutinize Activision Blizzard to the fullest of their abilities and work to what's best for making video games and making it work under their helm, basically. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Bill Gates were to just storm into the office and it'd be like, make these decisions here and there and firing these top executives at Blizzard in order to make Blizzard work. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. But as it stands, Phil Spencer is the guy in charge right now because he's the CEO of Xbox as we speak. So the onus is on him to make the right decisions. As to how long it'll take, it'll definitely take more than a year to see the results happen or not just this year itself but the next year as well and the following year after that because these things are just seeds being planted and also being grown as we speak. So it'll be a couple of years until we see the results speak for themselves. But as for now, having a good PR team to witness the cleanup in action, that's what Xbox needs right now to make themselves come off as the good guys. Hmm. And you think they'll be able to, to pull it off? Uh, definitely if they know what's good for them lah. Definitely. They have to lah. Uh, we've, we've spent 
spending so much money on this is not, this isn't like pocket change, dude. $69 million, billion dollars, mind you, is a lot of money to not mess up, in other words. Mm. Uh, let's talk uh, a bit deeper about you know what you've been hinting at uh, since the beginning. Um, the fact that this might be potentially be a monopoly, right? Moving forward, to be fair, okay, we it's common to see small studios being uh, bought up, right? I, I think that's a common practice within the industry. You see, you know, studios like Microsoft, uh, you know, even Sony themselves have been buying studios left, right, and center, right? But oh yeah, yeah. buying big studios is entirely something else, right? It's a different playing field, you're right. Yeah, it's a different playing field. So, uh, yeah, can you maybe elaborate a bit on why this is perhaps you know, maybe not healthy for the industry? It is not healthy because a lot... Imagine, if you will, uh, in maybe in a hypothetical alternate universe where Xbox has enough money to buy PlayStation and Nintendo all at once. And in the next five years, we're going to see a bit of a stagnation in terms of creativity and competition in games. You need competition to make sure product A is better than product B or product B is better than product A and so forth. We need Xbox and PlayStation and Nintendo to be on the even playing field to make sure that they're making the best games possible to attract people to their side as well as to have like Nintendo and PlayStation attracting people to their side as well eventually in the year or so. As we've seen the battle between PlayStation and Xbox and Nintendo has been going for the past 20 or 25 years or so, We've seen like a lot of upswings. Like, for instance, when the PlayStation 4 came out, that's when PlayStation was at their prime. When the Xbox 360 came out, that was when Xbox was at their prime, right? So the ball has been tossed back and forth. Like the pendulum has been swinging in terms of like who is the winner here and there, or who at least who came out, who did not come out last. But at the same time, we now see like Xbox now taking a couple of steps upwards and buying a company, a video game publisher. This is this is not like a company buying a restaurant. This is a company that bought another company that bought five restaurants. This is, this is this different right there. So it's just very dangerous in terms of having one company having so much power. Because at the end of the day, creativity and competition is what makes PlayStation and Nintendo do what they do. Create new experiences, create new games, create new platforms for games, and create new consoles for games, as well as other new games to benefit those platforms. To have Xbox taking the lead in this sense for in the long term is not healthy because of the reasons I just mentioned. Yeah, but some, some have said that this, is, this perhaps will bring them to parity, at least if you look at it from the point of you know, competing based on exclusives, right? You know, we've some people saying that Sony has uh, stronger exclusives. You know, that's how they won, essentially won the, I guess, the PS4 era war, right? Um, do you think that that's also a relevant, I guess, argument to be made considering, yeah, or rather this is what, you know, Microsoft is trying to achieve by, I guess, buying all these studios, you know, just to win this generation's war first before eventually, I guess, monopolizing the industry? I mean, in the short term, it would work in terms of like, hey, Microsoft just wants to get some exclusives from Activision Blizzard. But you got to remember, Activision Blizzard has a huge net worth compared to most other companies out there as well. So to have a bigger fish, to have a whale gobble up a shark or a giant shark would be also like a stand to power that is, can be dangerous in the future. Because what's to stop Microsoft from buying PlayStation and Nintendo in the far, far, far future? In the short term, yes, I agree with you that this is a this is a good conversation to have to have like companies buying exclusively and there. So unless PlayStation has this idea of buying up Square Enix in the next five months or six months or so, 
I think Microsoft has come out on top in this regard and it's also dangerous in the far future. I'm not talking about like a year from now. I'm talking about like maybe five years from now. Mm. Um, speaking of competition, how do you think this will affect Sony especially considering that I think they're the more direct competitor compared to Nintendo because Nintendo has their own niche, right? So yeah, how do you think this will affect Sony? Uh, this wouldn't affect Sony as much in the short run. I mean, for this year, they're fine because they have Horizon, Forbidden West, and God of War, and a couple of other games coming out this year, exclusively for the PlayStation brand. But at the same time, I think PlayStation has suddenly thought that, hey, having ports of the PlayStation games on PC is a good idea. Basically, they're just copying what Microsoft has done for so many years ago. So the fact that they're already in the game after much browbeating from different development studios inside PlayStation means that they're open to the idea of having their games on different platforms in the future. So I don't think PlayStation is going to be in trouble anytime soon. But at the same time, it does cause for concern on what the what a PlayStation 5's place is in the future. Because if you have different consoles playing different games here and there, unless you're a really hardcore Sony fan and that's a niche market right now, like... I don't know how one can justify paying so much for a machine when they can actually go to other machines and play this many games for a lesser price. Because I think the age and era for paying 60 US for a exclusive title just for a one console that, again, I should remind you, is pretty hard to find right now still, means that you're making your options easier and easier through. Like your alternative options are getting easier by the day. Yeah. Knowing that, do you think Sony will come up with their own version of Game Pass soon? Uh, they will. They've. I think they will announce it this year because there are these rumors that are popping up about Project Spartacus where they have their own Game Pass and having their own games being playable on this uh, subscription model would actually work out well to them because you got to remember, PlayStation itself, like from the PS1 and the PS2 days and the PS3 days, their library is ginormous with exclusives that are dormant so to have a game pass like that opening up i think you could actually go toe-to-toe with uh, xbox game pass definitely but again that remains to be seen whether playstation will actually make the right call or not in the future yeah um going back to microsoft do you think that you know this is uh, i mean we we've spoken about this and we said that you know when they when they first bought bethesda we said that this is perhaps the tip of the iceberg right yeah, this is the bottom of the iceberg, basically. <laughs> Do you think they're going to go on another shopping spree soon? Um, If the next company they're going to buy, I would predict it'll probably be Sega or Index. It really depends. Maybe, maybe. We'll see, we'll see. But I won't be surprised if PlayStation bought Sega. But again, it depends on who actually signs that dotted line first and who offers the most money in terms of buyout. Because I know what, basically what Microsoft needs is a way to tap into the Japan market again because they've kind of failed at that repeatedly. And at the end of the day, Japan is only one segment of the market. It's like, I guess, 30% or so. But at the same time, developers who are working in these companies like in Square Enix or Sega would better actually benefit the Microsoft brand in a sense. So if let's just say Microsoft were to buy another company, it makes sense for them to buy Sega because Sega has had a good relationship with Xbox for... I think since the old Xbox days and even the Dreamcast days to an extent. So that would be the next logical step for them. Mm. You mentioned Sony buying Square Enix, you know, as an example just now. Do you think that Sony has that kind of cash? Because <laughs> I'm not sure whether they have that kind of money though. I don't think they do. But again, stranger things have happened. So we'll see how that goes from there. 
I mean, if you're a company that can make your own consoles at a loss, i.e. the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, and you can still hang around for a good amount of time, I think it's safe to say that a partnership, exclusive partnership could be in the works, lah. Maybe. Mm. All right. Okay. So, what's I guess uh, Microsoft's first order of business now that they have bought um, Activision Blizzard? First order of business again, like I said earlier on, to clean up the mess that Activision Blizzard has wrought onto themselves for the past decade or so. So that's the first order of business to get a good PR thing going with that company. Then they can start announcing the games probably next year. Like again, they haven't signed much yet, so everything's anything is up in the air. But I will stick to my previous predictions that Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 will be PC and Xbox exclusive. Okay, limited time exclusive, right? Probably. Again, I won't be surprised if the amount of money they spend, it'll probably be totally exclusive and then they'll people will be hounding when, when will the PlayStation version come out and then they'll just keep mum on that because they have the right to. They bought the company, right? <laughs> yeah but but do you think that you know considering the circumstances that we're in right now do you think that the consumer market is as such you know that we are and because because these brands have been there for a long time and as much as you know customers can be fickle customers can also be quite loyal right so do you think that you know this will actually drive console sales you know if, if it were to happen that is a tough question too because so far they have reported that the Xbox series has been doing okay but they have a shortage going on so and then the, and then Phil Spencer has mentioned time and again that the console is important, but not as important as Game Pass. He has alluded that for quite a bit. So I guess console sales may not matter as much in the long term game because as as long as the Xbox Game Pass and the PC Game Pass are still around and helping developers get their games out, and as long as people are still subscribing to that service, and which is a huge number if I recall, like a few million double digits, triple digits, if I recall. I think they're in a good place right now to not really care much about the console as we speak. I mean, it's still important, but not that important in the grand scheme of things. All right, okay. So, any last thoughts on, on, on yeah, the, the acquisition? Um, For the acquisition, I've said my piece. Um, like I mentioned before, Diablo 4, Overwatch 2, definitely Xbox and PC exclusive. As for uh, other things related to Microsoft and Xbox in the acquisition, if they can make this much money, if, they, if they're fine spending this much money on this, I think they should be okay spending a little bit of money on, you know, regional pricing for Xbox consoles in Malaysia and Philippines, as well as other Southeast Asia territories that isn't Singapore. Just saying. Just saying. Have you heard anything? Uh, not at the moment, but I'd like to hear words from Xbox Singapore or Xbox Asia. So again, this I want to mention this on public radio last. So yeah, we're we're listening, we're listening, we're hearing. Yep. You're tuned into GG Well Played, and that was Jonathan Leo, content director at Kakuchopore.com, and we've been talking about the biggest news this past week: Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard for 68.7 billion dollars. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, look for the podcast on BFM.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play, and also Spotify. Do share your thoughts and the games that you play via our email: ggwp@bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on, and please. Take care. This has been GG Well Played. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.